Hello and welcome to Arrest All Mimics. My name is Ben Tallon. This is the Original Thinking and Creative Innovation Podcast. Hello everyone, how are you doing? The weather this week is political pain all over the show. Yes. Um, I hope you're going to go and vote. Uh, I've been getting... Yeah, don't, I stay away from political stuff a lot of the time. I think a lot of the, my own input is about creativity and strengthening our industry and trying to do the work that I'm doing to raise people's awareness of the inherent great value of creativity. So I've been keeping off the political stuff, but I broke a little bit and I've done an original artwork. It's called Netflix and Kill. Go and have a look on my website. What are you guys up to? What are you doing? What are you trying to influence? What do you care about? Who are you voting for? All that stuff. Um, it's interesting. The piece, the reason I got on this tip is about political apathy. I thought it was dangerous. For years I was quite ignorant to politics and, and you know, he wrote it off as boring like we all do when, we, when we're young, but ooh, now it's knocking on the door and a lot of morals are being binned off because money has to be made and it's all getting a bit dark and dirty and lies are being told. So I wanted to create a piece, not a dig at any political party, but more about people who go and watch their box sets and, and the danger of not really taking notice until it's right on your doorstep, knocking down your door, a big bad political wolf, and it's going to happen. So go and read up, go and learn, go and vote. That's my little uh, little pointer, that's my little political rant over with. Uh, I hope you're all good, I hope you're all feeling inspired and fired up. We've got Stephen Bliss coming up on the show today, fantastic guest. Um, known for a lot of his work, all, all brilliant. Um, worked for years at Rockstar Games on the Grand Theft Auto series. You'll recognise his iconic work for those covers, particularly Grand Theft Auto 3 and Vice City. For any game fans out there, you will know it straight away. Uh, we're going to get chatting about that and his journey since, which is fascinating and equally brilliant. So get over to that soon. But first, I've got to thank my wonderful sponsors who keep me in a position to do this show for free every week for you guys. Uh, cheers for the feedback, as ever. Uh, it's brilliant. It's great to hear from you all. Uh, hit us up at Arrest All the Mix on the Twitter. Show's growing all the time. The numbers are going up. The listenership, social media following. Do keep spreading the word. I do really appreciate it when people do that. Tag us and say nice things about the show. Or even if you've got bad things to say, make sure it's constructive because I take it all on board and it's helped to shape it as it's gone along. So keep it all coming. Guest suggestions and the rest of it. Um, so, founding sponsor, Illustration Limited. Thanks to those guys for the ongoing support. Go and check them out, illustrationweb.com, representing over 200 different artists of all genres, working in set design, fashion illustration, lettering specialists. Uh, we've got live illustrators, people doing murals. Uh, the industry's gone boom. The walls are coming down. It's bleeding into all so many different areas of commerce, personal projects, street art, you name it. So there's a lot of opportunities out there in the Illustration Limited are doing a great job of representing all the people at the forefront of that. So go and have a look. Illustrationweb.com. Heartinternet.co.uk. Give us a digital tip every week because these guys specialists in search engine optimization that good stuff that you need to get you up the google rankings making sure you're appearing in all the relevant search terms somebody's looking for an illustrator and you do a specific thing you want to be getting recognized and ranking pretty high on google right so go and have a look these guys have loads of great tips uh, advice professional input because they've been there since day dot since the advent of the dot com era and all that stuff so they know all the things that you might struggle with so go and check them out they also do great hosting and websites urls domain names and all that. 
Uh, the tip this week, I thought I'd mention how Stephen Bliss and I first came into contact. Stephen was doing an absolutely mind-blowing mural in Los Angeles of Debbie Harry of Blondie fame. And it's absolutely brilliant. Um, it's one of my favourite pieces that he's done. It was the first time he worked large scale and he knocked the ball out of the park. So I was commenting on his piece that I'd come across on Instagram and Stephen was kind enough to reply and we got talking about his work and what he was up to. Um, and we made a nice little connection and it was off the back of that that I thought, okay, let's let's see if he's up for the show because I would love to talk to Stephen about his work at Rockstar, everything he's done since, his fantastic career and his superb talents. So I approached him and he was up for it. So we had an aborted attempt at doing this show about eight, nine months ago when he was preparing for his I Frankenstein show, which we'll talk about shortly. And um, it was good. The show was good enough. We managed to get it done on Skype, but it just isn't quite the same. And it was dropping in and out and all over the place and all the stuff that happens when you try and do stuff on Skype overseas. Um so I asked Stephen if he'd be up for meeting me when I went to New York just recently, and we did, and he very kindly had me around his apartment. Um, but I just wanted to highlight the fact that just something uh, you know as simple as a heartfelt comment or a little bit of praise on someone's Instagram post can go a long way, and you can build these nice relationships that mean a little bit more than just a, a lazy like or a swipe past something, you know? I think we're all familiar with the, uh, the old bots doing the rounds. You get the classic, like, you know sexy person in skimpy underwear uh, liking your stuff and going oh love and it's like so false and bullshit so you know being genuine just actually if you like something say why give a little give a specific detail about what you like about something I know I love it when people do that on my own work so there you go that is a tip courtesy of heartinternet.co.uk last but certainly not least printed.com um do all the printing the graphics for the show they do a great job i use their wonderful recycled stock for my own 16 page promo booklet uh, a great client to work with the good high quality printing expanding their product all the time do over 90 different products matte gloss finishes you name it it's all going on specialist stuff as well if you want something a little more custom and great customer service so i wanted to talk about the range of printed stuff that i've seen of uh, steven's work my guest today um, I was always an avid gamer from the ages of about, oh, I don't know, 10, right up until 18, 19. I, I can't say that I play them too much anymore unless it's a little multiplayer blast or a retro game on an arcade. But I was right there with the the explosion of the controversial Grand Theft Auto series. So I, I saw all that original artwork printed on PlayStation magazine and all the gaming magazines at the time. And it was so nice to kind of hold that in your hand and keep that copy of the magazine for yourself and I would I would thumb them to death so the pages were all tearing and stuff by the end of it and I would cut out certain graphics and stick them in scrapbooks and on my wall at university. Uh, but then when I was around Stephen's apartment to record this show, he's been working on an incredible series of, uh, of personal artworks using the ripped subway posters and uh, all the textures that come with that and the decaying kind of underlying layers something that Stephen will tell us about uh, his sort of obsession and his fascination with uh, living in New York City, where it's absolutely ripe for that. Um, and to see the depth on these pieces up close and personal and all the printed uh, aspects of that, it's just stunning, isn't it? and you can't put a value on that. I've seen it presented there in the frame on his wall, and it's huge as his artwork, and it was just an absolute joy to go and see that up close and personal. So it just says a lot about printed material and holding something in your hands so go and check those guys out if that's what you want for your promo and your artworks printed.com 
Thank you so much to all those guys. So last week we had Sandra Dickman. Great response. Second time she's been on the show, this time specifically to talk about her debut foray into the children's book market with Leaf, which is coming out very, very soon, and you can pre-order that now on Flying Eye Books. Uh, go and have a look in the show notes on the episode from last week, and you'll find a direct link for that, or check out her social media. It's all on there, so thanks to Sandra, and thanks for everyone who gave great feedback on that. I know you were all loving it. Um, I'm up to... Just over 30,000 words on book two at the moment, which I'm not still entirely sure what format that's going to take on, what shape it's going to be put out as, but it is going to happen and it is coming very, very soon. So for anyone interested in that and advice on the freelance lifestyle career, from a very honest personal perspective, go and check out my first book, Champagne and Wax Crayons, which is out there now. You can get that in Bookseller Crow in Crystal Palace. You can get that Tate Modern. You might have to ask them to order it in there. I know they were running a little low last time I was in. Uh, the House of Illustration and King's Cross are now stocking the book, so if you want to go and check out some Quentin Blake goodness and pick that up, go and have a look. Um, got John Hegarty coming up on the show soon, one of the original ad men. I was in there and I picked up his book, Hegarty on Advertising from the House of Illustration too. They've got a great little shop, so go and have a look there. Uh, a little quick thanks to the Association of Illustrators for consistently promoting the show. We've got the World Illustration Awards shortlist coming out very soon, and maybe it'll be out by the time I'm back with you next week. Who knows? I'm keeping an eagle eye on that. I submitted my uh, mural, Punk Isn't Dead, which was at the Flora in uh, on Cathay's Terrace in Cardiff. And that's a very uh, it's a comment piece once again on on modern technology's uh, detrimental effects on our lifestyles and attitudes. So. You can check that out on my website, bentallon.com. So without further ado, let's get to it. Stephen Bliss. I wanted to talk to Stephen because I fell in love with his large-scale artwork, his mural, Debbie Harry, in LA recently. And I, we had a great conversation about his ripped-up subway posters and what he's doing with that, and about his show, I, Frankenstein, which took place late last year at the Monorex Gallery in Los Angeles. Uh, it was. It looks absolutely fantastic, and I'm a little gutted I wasn't in the States so that I could go and see that show. But I did, as I mentioned, have the honour of going around Stephen's apartment as he kindly invited me around to record the show, and he put on a nice pot of coffee for us both, and we got down to talking about his wonderful career, which started uh, in the UK from... Um, I've gone blank. He'll tell you where he's from on the show. <laughs> he's from... <laughs> He's from down here, down south, that's all you need to know, it doesn't matter. Um, He's a brilliant artist, he's working on some incredible pieces at the moment, original stuff. He's represented by Bernstein and Andruli, which are a great agency who I also went to talk to as part of an upcoming illustration agent special. Um, And he's doing a real range of great work. Uh, We're going to talk about his time at Rockstar Games on the Grand Theft Auto series, but more importantly, we're looking forward and we're going to talk about where we find him now, why he left, and why he's going down a more fine art track, and how he's doing that, and why did he take the risk, why did he leave such a cushy number in order to pursue his own work and to fulfil his own creative dreams. We're going to talk about why it's absolutely crucial to retain sight of why you got into this in the first place and what you want from your creativity. So Stephen's full of wisdom and full of great stories, so we're going to get down to that. I want to hear your feedback. Hit us up on the Twitter at Arrest All Mimics. Um, we're going to talk about how his work it translates across different mediums, right from these, you know, the sort of more crisp Grand Theft Auto stuff, right forward to these posters that I, that I speak of. So, like I said, get us your feedback. Want to hear from that? Want to hear what you think of any previous shows? Want to hear about who you'd like to hear on the show coming up? If you want to be on the show, let me know. I've had a few of those conversations recently as well. Uh, so, without further ado, let's get to it. You find me in Brooklyn with Stephen Bliss. 
it was a real like eye opener. The first time I did uh, Basil was the first. I did the Debbie Harry mural with Tristan. He was doing Africa Bamba up the road, and I was doing Debbie Harry. Mm. He got me that job. Um, but there was a whole bunch of people there, like Circle. Um, can't remember the other um, Hush. All those guys. They were traveling the world, being paid and, and doing murals, and it was like this. This is for me, you know. So I'd like to. I really want to do that. Louisa has a agency. Part of her agency is for murals now because it's so lucrative. I think it's a smart move, seeing what's happening. If I can do tour the world, not tour the world, but you know, if I can get gigs doing public speaking around here and there, and do murals, it's going to be a nice, nice way to travel and earn a bit of money. I've been trying to plant the seeds to, to free myself up for more that route of things. I'm really loving writing at the moment, which gives me a lot of mobility too. I can do, yeah. Again, I can do that from absolutely anywhere and without carrying much kit around. And that idea that you just had there about the freedom of going around and creating and sharing yeah. that with people is probably close to the to, you know whatever. I don't know what the dream is, but it feels pretty damn good. The idea of that. Yeah, I think I think that's a pinnacle. Not a pinnacle because that suggests a point and there's a downhill, but if you can achieve that in life where you're traveling around and managing to have a comfortable lifestyle and have a bit of money, I mean, you've, you've done it, I think. I think so. And maintain it as well. Yeah, I think so. And I think, I mean, not to jump too far ahead of ourselves, but the shift you've made into doing this, this stuff with the rip posters, and I find it very inspiring because you see so many people reach, you said, their pinnacle and plateau. And I, that's one of the worst nightmares to me as, as someone who I like to... It just it's, it feels like it's in my blood, creativity, but the idea of that, of settling on something, is scares me. Would, is that the same with you? I'd get very bored if I uh, settled on one style. I mean, I guess my, the style that went through Grand Theft Auto, the, the games I worked on, has come out the other end and I'm still painting in a similar style I think it's it's rawer than what I do and there's more there's more quirkiness to it mm. you, you see some of my ink drawings that I do on the rip posters um, you know and the root of that comes from DC Comics and Marvel when I was seven um, so I guess I do have a style that's a, a core that runs all the way through but if I didn't experiment and didn't follow what I was really excited about and I've got loads of ideas ready for doing for shows I do get I think I'll go out of my mind mm. you know I think yeah I think people operate different don't they and, and there's some people just need to fulfil that and have the challenges ahead to, to try pushing things and take things new places that's the in my view that's the essence of being, being a creative person I've been interested in exploring your own creativity um, so you mentioned DC Comics says, was that an early influence in, in the style that we saw in, in, in sort of Grand Theft Auto work, was that, was that shaped in when you worked at Rock, Rockstar? Or did you kind of, was that a style you were already practising? That style, when I did the GTA, GTA 3 cover, I adapted whatever I was doing before to that, mm. to that cover, which is a heavy black line and every, all the monotone and the, the black outline. But that, you know, that I, was, I was copying Marvel comic frames back when I was seven or eight and 
trying to get all the anatomy right and that stuff was fantastic and it just stuck with me mm. all the way through it's uh, it's ever intriguing to me people's early stuff because i think we all to a degree start doing that we copy the stuff that we love very innocently and very mm. well, from a true love of it I, I did the same thing with the comics but then i was kind of taken away by football graphics and wrestling in my case professional wrestling stuff and but it's when you leave that and it starts and you start to add this now forming personality that you've got, whether it's in your teams and your formative yeah. years. I love that. I think that's a beautiful connection when it starts to go its own way. When you collect things together, like, um, you know, when I start to see the punk graphics would probably, no, I would say psychedelic art and hand-painted logos went along with the DC Comics. And then the next step was punk, Jamie Reed seeing all his fantastic graphic work. So that will learn that bundle then with DC and Marvel, and then the next big influence was Raw Comics, Art Spiegelman's mm. beautiful comic that he used to make in the eighties. As in, like uh, there was Gary Panther, the rawness of his work and the color he used to use. Who else was there? Mark Mayer. Um, who else? Jude Friedman, I think his name is. But anyway, the, he, did you, do you know Raw Comics? No. It's really beautiful. You should check it out. He would do things like rip the corner off the comic and then stick the rip inside the comic. I don't know why, but that would be, you know, it was a... to go for a lot of money now. They're, they're beautiful, beautiful comics. Mm. Uh, after that... Those are the main influences back then, you know? That kind yeah. of formed my whole style, I think. Yeah. And then back to psychedelic art as well. I've always, that's always been a constant. Yeah. Because all my logos used to be hand painted. In fact, they still are. I just did a job for, for Coca Cola. They bring bringing out a new drink, and I did a typography for that. Okay. Which is all hand drawn, so. Very nice. Yeah. Where did you grow up and when? Grew up in Trowbridge, Wiltshire. It's near Stonehenge. I, I guess I tried to grow up in the 1970s. <laughs> I don't think I grew up until I was uh, 45, really. Um, but anyway, my attempts to grow up then, and then the 80s, I was pretty much art college. Went to Japan, four years at Hysteric Glamour Fashion Company there. Oh, wow. And then 90s, I was on and off in Japan working in London and then left London in 2001 to come to New York what did what impact did Japan have I've just come back from there for the first time and it, and it blew me away um well obviously all the manga was an influence and that stuff's pretty crazy over there but it was like hanging out with Nobu who was the head designer at Hysteric Glamour where I was working he had a big influence in that he would introduce me to so much different work. There's an artist called Ero, E-R-R-O, that I really loved. Introduced, being introduced to his work was amazing. Who else was there? Um, I can't remember. But he introduced me to a lot of music and a lot of art. Um, so I think he was a big influence than the actual experience of being in Japan, really, on my, my work. Mm. Did you speak the language? 
I spoke at one point. Yeah. And I forgot it all. Yeah. I pretty much can't speak anything now. I liked being completely out of my depth in some respects. Because I didn't understand anything. Everything was so visual. So I was taking it, I suppose, on a different level. Yeah. To, to people who could speak the language or native people. But they just... But they're really kind. I mean, they, they will help you oh. if you're stuck. Still, a very easy place to get lost. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah, I, I, I found that myself. The people treat us wonderfully. But yeah, very, very easy to get lost, yeah. First day I got, got there, I, I should have taken the hotel name and number. Because I got in a taxi somehow and ended up in the middle of nowhere. And it was like, no idea where to go back to. That's the thing, isn't it? No anchor point. I don't even know how I got back to where I was supposed to be. It's weird. <laughs> it's brilliant. We were um, staying in Kyoto, a few different places, but in Kyoto, we were on. We were right under the, the sort of bypass, which was very strange. These little apartments right under this big right. concrete right. sweep going round, and this is what behind this chain link fence is one solitary slide. Very bizarre. I, I couldn't wait to illustrate it. It was just. Just intrigued me every morning looking out this this one slide that was, sort that was of the local playground, was it? Yeah, it seemed to be for the houses there. I don't know. That's insane. It's kind of like posh, posh troll living then under the bridge. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, definitely did feel like that because they were nice apartments. And once you were down there, you didn't really realise that that was above. But as you were coming down, I remember my girlfriend looking up and going, "This is nuts. We're on, this is going to be definitely under a bypass." But you were silent down there. It was quite. What a great idea! More yeah. cities should have. Buildings under the bypass. Yeah. There, they're kind of like staff of space, though, aren't they? More than anywhere. Very much so. Yeah. It's pretty genius. I wonder who owned the government, obviously, owns the underbridge. It could uh, simulate a bit of economy, couldn't it? You think? Yeah. Should, yeah. They should have shows down there. Shows. Million dollar apartments under the bridge. Yeah. <laughs> Troll towers. Yeah. Um, a show underneath, yeah, maybe. I've been thinking about putting my rip poster artwork back into the street. Mm. But someone might nick it. I guess, you know, I'd like to see if I stuck a piece on a wall, what would happen to it? Like, who would rip bits off? Would anyone draw into it, stick post, uh, stick paste-ups or stickers onto it? Mm. But uh, as I said, if someone nicked it, I'd be really annoyed. <laughs> yeah, because... There'd be a portion of people who would walk past it like any other, but then there'd, surely there'd be some who would see that there's a little more method to these ones. Maybe I should be less precious about it and just do it as an experiment. Yeah. I'll wait there all day, and if someone takes too much of it away, then I'll be like, oi, <laughs> that's not free. Police in it, yeah. <laughs> Could be good. That'd be interesting to see. But then, like you say, they're so beautiful in their own way that it'd be hard to truly embrace that and let it go. Yeah, I guess that's part of it. It's kind of like um, really letting it go. Who's there's a there's a a really good artist I forget her name, where one of her pieces was she she launched a new meteor back into space with the American army, and the art piece was just the space like the empty air <laughs> left from shooting the meteor back into space. <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah, and she did a lot of her work. Oh, she she made beautiful sculptures from a burnt church, a church that had burnt down in America. And she hung the black wood, burnt wood from 
the ceiling in a beautiful kind of like rhythmic mm. way. That's, I, that's incredible. Yeah. So yeah, now talk, talking about putting it back in the street and seeing what happens to it is is something that I should do, isn't it? Thinking about it. I think so. Yeah, I think that would be a good uh, a good definitely a whole whole different uh, slice of the project. Yeah. Also, I want to. The subway has my favourite boardings covered in ripped posters. I don't know why. I think because the posters have been the vintage stuff has been maintained for such a long time that I've got some amazing layers from 10, no, like from the 70s, stuff I've pulled down from the subway. It's really? been exposed. Oh, wow. It's beautiful. I mean, it's filthy, but um, it doesn't matter. You get your hands dirty with this stuff. Oh, God, that's, that's surely that's a big part of it. Yeah. But I've wanted to paint onto that in the subway, but I don't want to get arrested. No. You know, what is the difference between painting a nice picture on the wall versus graffiti at the moment I'm not sure I think there's a discussion legally like when they bust people and not and they don't bust people it's like what's vandalism and what's art I've often wondered about that maybe they should start training coppers as art directors as well (laughs) (laughs) yeah put a lot of like underworked artists into the police force the art force I'm sure Trump would finance that (laughs) <laughs> it's not a bad idea you know that I, I think maybe we're just deluded artists but I think that's a good idea <laughs> yeah I met a guy this weekend who did a, just done a documentary what's it called uh, I don't know Following Banksy or something and it's it's really it's dealing with um, the, the people that take the walls down and sell them for money mm and the, what's the word, not etiquette, but it's kind of like, what's the implication of that and what should be done about it, vandalism versus mural art, Mm. Um, especially with Banksy, because, I mean, what's one of his walls go for that's... uh, A lot of money. A lot of money, yeah. Did you see the project recently, the one in, uh, between Israel and Palestine? It's amazing, isn't it? I thought that was fantastic, Yeah. yeah. There was almost there was a time when I almost I was almost knocked a little bit by the, the sheer amount of gift shops ripping off and exploiting his anonymity. Um, yeah. So, but then projects like that remind you that actually very clever, talented man. Yeah, yeah. If he left it at wall art, it would have been like he's still conceptually incredible. But in fact, he pushed it to doing his um, Disneyland. Oh God! And the yeah. hotel. Dismal land. He's, yeah. he's, he's, he deserves to be one of the you know, most famous artists in the world. Oh, and, and to never step out and sort of you know, gobble up the glamour almost, yeah. which he could do at any point and has yeah. never done. I think that's commendable. Yeah. Shows that he truly cares about the right things. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, he, it, I, th- I think he's the most famous artist there is. Because, you know, you, you, the fact that he gets into the New York Post which is, a, I believe, a blue-collar newspaper over here, the fact that they all print an article on is this Banksy spraying a wall or something, mm. you would have thought that it would be like, why, why are they printing something about some guy called Banksy? Yeah. But everybody knows who he is. Yeah. I can't think of it. I mean, may they, I don't even know if people reading the Post would even know who Warhol is. Really? 
I don't know. Maybe I'm being it's unfair. Interesting. Is that's there's a question. Is Banksy the biggest rock star in the world? Biggest rock star in the world. Probably. I mean, music. There's very few of them anymore. He's probably up there with Elvis, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, in terms of everyone knowing mm. who he is, at least loosely. Well, he'll make the news all the time, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. International news. Yeah. But then he's doing some really interesting stuff. Oh, it's very important work, yeah. So, New, so New York, how long have you been here now? You said 2001, right? Yeah, 16, 16 years. years. And you're still, uh, well, I mean, I think the posters probably show that you're still loving yeah. it. I love it. If I go if I go into New York and see some of this stuff around, the rip posters that I can take down as raw materials for my work, it's just like I'm just start buzzing, you know. It's um that I I when I went to LA last year, I didn't really miss that much apart from my son. And I was like, Oh, New York you know, I'm taking it for granted now really. Uh, and then I started seeing all the rip posters around. And I was just like, ah, that's why I love this place. Mm. You know, the the decay and the graffiti and the and the art. I can look around and kind of choose little bits of wall to either rip down or photograph. It's it's really makes the city more interesting. I want to I want to travel the world and just to photograph walls and rip down samples. I keep seeing on Instagram people doing the same thing as me as regards to photographing the details of the walls. There's some fabulous stuff in Paris, especially. Mm. I see those photographs and I'm just like, oh, let, I want to go on, teleport me to France so I can go and nick that stuff. Yeah. Or photograph it. Um, so, yeah, I still still love New York. I don't think I'm going to go anywhere else. No. Unless my son, when he's 18, moves to L.A., and then I'll probably move to L.A. and and try and persuade him to let me have the spare room. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll be really uncool. Yeah. And it'll be like, no, Dad, you're embarrassing me. So with with the um, with your early work, that's the early work, early work with Rockstar, what was that? That must have been a huge buzz when, when those games really took off. Well, I don't... Th- I... I didn't know, obviously none of us really knew that it was going to be as explosive as it was. Mm. I mean, it's, a, it's, it's beyond phenomenal, isn't it? Yeah. And there's so many stories over the years that have been created by it. You know, I would, you know, there was demonstrations outside the offices. Wow. Crossing a demonstration line to get into the office is pretty cool, you know. It was a, I mean, there's not many companies... That would happen to. No. That would happen at. But to go from GTA 3 pretty much exploding as soon as it was released and selling millions, and then Vice City coming out and then that selling even more, I mean, that was. It was an amazing experience Mm. seeing that. And, you know, there's not many. There's not many things in the history apart from, I mean, like the Beatles, Elvis, both caused a lot of trouble where it would be spoken about by governments. Like, what are we going to do about this? This is ruining the youth Mm. of America or Britain. And then there was a time when the Beastie Boys were just considered satanic in England 
and punk rock was considered satanic in England and all the gigs, Sex Pistols gigs were banned and and then Demonian Twisted Sister even had like you know they were called up to the Senate and had to answer questions mm. and then Rockstar again you know the, the politicians using Rockstar as the satanic company that are ruining the youth of America and politicians latching onto that to make themselves look better, you know. When in reality, you could, I would argue that a lack of punk and that aesthetic and bad parenting got a lot more to answer for. You think punk does? No, I mean, I think punk, uh, the lack of punk, that aesthetic, that DIY people having been taught to think for themselves and to embrace DIY culture, I think a lack of that in the home is, can be very destructive, more than way more than any video game in my opinion I had all those video games I never once thought about it. I could never attack a person you know it was I was showing the difference between what's reality and what's simulation that was mm. you know yeah absolutely uh, but we're a very easy thing to blame when it comes to politicians very convenient oh god yeah it's only it's only because it made so much money for the economy that I think they realised they had to lay off it mm-hmm because they're like, hang on a minute, this this is keeping the economy going. Yeah. Um, but I would have, you know, Trump needs someone to blame at the moment. I guess he's blaming everyone else. He doesn't need to blame Rockstar for anything. But um, Nope. <laughs> but, you know, to, to read and, and see a company that you're working for in the news and in the newspapers is, is very interesting. Yeah, it's very exciting. I mentioned to you when we spoke last time that I, I really loved, um, and I had this. I was blessed to have this recently with my my book came out in Japan, but to see my stuff in you know out there in Japan and people buying it in Tokyo was a huge buzz. And was that the same in terms of all the magazine covers and all the global kind of coverage of of what you guys have been working on? That must have been fantastic. Well, it's fantastic to walk out into New York, for example, and see my artwork on billboards. Mm. And the rest of the team's artwork on billboards. Um, you know, when my parents came over, they're walking around the city and it's covered in the Warriors artwork that I'd done. Yeah. So they were tickled pink by that. My dad went down into the police station at Union Square subway to tell the cops down there that, that his son had painted all the Warriors artwork all over the subway and the cops like... Oh, cool, I was playing that last night. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. That's tremendous. Even my wedding day, we're driving back from when we got married, and Lollipop Girl is based on my wife, and she's on a huge billboard on on Houston, Broad and Bowery, and uh, it's pretty, that was pretty amazing. Yeah, on a number of levels, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> well, how did that go then? Did you work? I mean, would there be a script for these characters, or did the, did the the artwork form the characters in reverse? Um, when I started, I was given like descriptions of the characters and asked to work up my version of them. But later on, it became when the uh, avatars were fully worked out. We based we worked from those. Okay. And which did you prefer? 
all of it. Loved it all. And so, so which what were what were the reasons for leaving? Did you did you want to pursue new things? I wanted to do my own artwork. Mm. I knew that it was you know time was running out, and I had to get on with showing my own stuff. Yeah. And I had was just I was doing it in my spare time. I wanted to, and I I knew that I could do something with it. So mm. I had to get out there and do it and take the risk. And we all have to take risk at some point in our careers and do something that might fail abysmally or it might make our lives hugely more exciting. Sometimes both, in my own experience. Failure can be exciting. Yeah, very much so. And I think sometimes it just um, teaches you the greatest things. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, the fear that comes with that, I can, you know, I can completely empathise with people who would not take the risk, but to me, um, even the things that have gone completely flat on their ass have, have been the, some of the big best catalysts. It's a, you know, if nothing more than a process of elimination to say, stop doing that now, <laughs> you know, go and focus on that thing. And that can be healthy sometimes. Yeah, it's a fantastic part of the creative process. I set out to do, three years ago, I set out to do a certain form of fine art and found I couldn't do it. It, it wasn't achievable at that point. And it just led me off into whatever I'm doing now. Mm. It's almost like a, a river finding its own route. Yeah. Which was frustrating. It can be frustrating, but when you are forced to discover something else because you can't manage to push you on another angle, it's wonderful, you know. Mm. Yeah, there's so many accidents I see in so many people's path that um, have been wonderful, you know. Just stumbled upon something they're great at through having been forced to do it for one thing or another the reason we're here today is because I did a charity campaign had no budget and I had to go and talk to these people to raise awareness of well it was awareness of male suicide my angle was the emotional benefits of creativity right yeah therefore we talked to a whole range of everyone from comedians right. to painters to performance artists mm-hmm. so just wanted to, to find out what people's creativity did for them on a human level and this was just me and a few creative friends who wanted to raise awareness of this uh, bleak cause and um, had no choice but to go and interview people, which I'd never done in my life, but mm-hmm. loved it. And just I just like talking to people about creativity and, and I've run with it ever since. And, you know, yeah. you, you can't really... I guess that's just trusting your instincts. The, the, the post, the rip poster stuff, that must, there must have been a great instinctive lead on that from being exposed to it subconsciously it's well taking photographs of details of the rip posters around New York it was only a matter of time before I thought I wanted to start doing this for myself mm. and when you say see a big juicy piece of poster with a model's head on it kind of hanging off a billboard it's very tempting to just rip it and then collect other bits together and think well if I don't pose this with that it takes off from there and it's very addictive it's so meditative piecing together in a harmonious composition all these different elements of of ripped paper you know mm. it's great because as you said people doing that on Instagram you've got these things that are just there simple as that they exist in the environment and yet everyone can take you know everyone's got a different section they find attractive everyone sees it from a certain angle and with different Input, I find that a beautiful thing. Yeah, it's growing the number of people that are into it. Yeah. 
that's really why I had to start drawing into them to really make it mine. Yeah. There's, I mean, I was always aware of, there's a movement in the 50s and 60s called the New Realists. And Rotella is a, from the 1950s was pulling down posters around Rome and Jacques Viglet was doing the same in Paris. And they would cut pieces out from a, from a billboard. They would choose the section of the billboard of the ripped poster take it back to the studio and stick it straight onto canvas. And it was pretty much they, their point was the anonymous stranger in the street creates the art, we choose it, and then we frame it and put it in a gallery. Mm. And halfway through doing the rip poster thing, I rediscovered Rotella's work, and I thought to myself, mm, people are going to think this is too, what I'm doing is too too uh, derivative, of, derivative of this. So I started drawing into it and mm. making it more personal to me. Yeah. You know, and like Jose Parla, he's doing his version of it now and his work's phenomenally beautiful. Who else is there? I mean, Fail have always been doing it in their way and Shepter Ferry obviously does a lot of poster collage and then prints on top of it or paints on top of it. Mm. So I had to make mine more distinguished from, from what other people were doing, you know. Do you feel you've, you've reached this best now when that's the case? Yes, if more people knew about it. <laughs> yeah. But it's getting there. I mean, I just did a TED Talk in Bermuda, and I'm hoping if that gets enough hits, then people will see what I'm up to. Mm. I mean, that's probably the most lucrative way to get my work out there lucrative as in getting more followers and, and people aware of my work mm. than anything else I can think of really TED Talks are huge these days and yeah. with good reason yeah. there's such a great dynamic range of uh, ideas and experiences I was talking to the governor of the island the same as you like um, discussing because there's gang problems on Bermuda now mm. I was just discussing how they should start encouraging murals and transforming the gang culture there with getting them into creativity and painting. Um, and it's, I mean, it's like, it's pretty uh, no-brainer now. It's been proven yeah. endlessly all over the world that art, art really transforms not only people, but whole environments. Completely. Yeah. So many layers of creativity. I'm always, this has become my driving thing. It's like I used to do a lot of little bits for various charities because I always you know, like to use my work in that way but, but now I, I've gotten single focus on, on trying just trying to you know these shows or this, the idea of put, planting these seeds out there for people <clears> to access and take their own things from and I just think it's as someone who grew up in a you know, small Yorkshire town with not a lot happening and seeing kids go astray from not having access to that yeah. use of creativity I, it, it's just always seemed like a no brainer thing to me but putting that in a way that you can place that in front of a government for example and going, you know, speaking their language so that it's understandable for someone who's never lived it. It's, it's a difficult thing to do. There's enough evidence now, though, to, to present to someone in authority. Mm -hmm. I mean, whether or not you get the money from the government to do that is doubtful, but um, especially nowadays. Yeah. But there's a way to do it. My friend who has the Monorex Gallery in LA, where I had my show last year, he's been pretty he's been studying the gentrification process in 
West Adams, which is an impoverished area, still of Bloods and Crips, gang territory. And since he's had the gallery there and encouraging artists to paint the streets, I mean, he's pretty much like this, this, the streets are now covered in mural work. Mm. The police are really chuffed because the crime rate's going down. Um, the amount of graffiti is going down. And the mural artists keep, you know, people, the graffiti artists respect the mural artists. Mm. So the neighborhood's really going up in uh, being gentrified, if you think that's a good thing or not. Self-expression, isn't it? If people have more people have access to that, it's, it's one outlet that, and on a very basic level, they wouldn't have had. And if you look at Wynwood, how that went from an impoverished neighborhood in, in Miami to some a place where you can't even afford to buy an apartment now because the mural artists painted you know 10 block radius mm. um yeah i've just written a piece on that for design week and it's about the sort of you know creativity regenerated areas but then all of a sudden artists can't afford to live there because it's now attractive and it's right it's a difficult thing to find. But I think, again, I think there are awareness is starting to happen now because there, you know, there are statistics starting to pop up yeah. just how valuable the creative industries are, but also that the creatives are going. So it's like, okay, there needs to be some, there needs to be a protection of creative spaces. Uh, you know, again, it's not, it's just, it doesn't have an, uh, an immediate monetary gain for the people who own the buildings. Therefore, you have to protect somehow and see the wide bigger picture. Yeah, I mean, obviously a situation where a neighbourhood gets gentrified to the point where people living there can't afford to live there anymore is not necessarily a good thing. Mm. But if it helps with an environment that's impoverished and doesn't push people out, it's a good thing. It is. Again, it's like it's finding the right balance, isn't it? Yeah. Instead of just going crazy on one thing that works. <laughs> so have you found the upscaling thing? Out? The, your Debbie Harry piece is pulling me away. I thought it was... Tremendous. Thanks. But, but then I also thought, how's he, uh, how's he done that? How's he got that? How's he upscaled to that size and, 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 and got it right? Because, you know, I've only worked at maybe the wall that we're in front of now. And then I'm talking six foot by about nine foot is the biggest that I've done. And, and that was a first time thing. So going beyond that, you know, times four will be quite a frightening experience. Well, when I left Rockstar, I, des- I decided I had to take on things, challenges that I didn't think I could achieve. And the first one was Debbie Harry mural, and I'd never used spray paint. I'm scared of heights, and I was <laughs> um, 60 foot up in a cherry picker painting wall. I hate people watching me work, so I had people constantly watching me work from the street using spray paint, which I'd never used before. It was a hell of a challenge um, in tropical rainstorms in Miami. <laughs> but I just I just thought I've got to do it I'm not going to say no just because I think I can't do it and I have never done it before mm-hmm. I'm going to take it on and I, and I did it you know same with the TED talk I thought there's no way I'm going to get up in front of a thousand people and talk you know there was incredible self-doubt but I knew I had to do it because otherwise I'd be a chicken you know yeah well you do it's the only way you grow isn't it By yeah yourself to things. and uh, it creates adventure mm overcoming fear um, I mean I'm still not great with spray paint but um, I've done you know I'm, I hope to do a lot more in the future 
mm. and just keep practicing. Yeah. I've done my thousand brush strokes, spray, spray strokes. Though. There's, uh, I can't remember the name of the photographer, but he basically said, you've got to throw away your first thousand photographs because you're not going to be any good until you've done that. So I've adapted that to spray paint. I've done my thousand spray paint strokes. <laughs> so I feel like I've, I've done my apprenticeship. Yeah. I think there's something in that, definitely. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know if I could paint the size Tristan paints. That's Which is huge. I mean, he's in like serious... He's in a crane doing some of that work. But, you know, I'd like to think that I'd take on the challenge at least and try to do it. Yeah. Start with something, I guess, quite simple. But, yeah, I mean... God, just looking at his Instagram feed and seeing these huge multi-story buildings, it's, I don't know how that works. You know, getting so close and, and knowing what... Yeah. I, I, I admire the man greatly for it. Yeah. <laughs> well, a lot, all those graffiti guys, the mural artists, are, are so quick because, you know, I guess they trained avoiding being, when they're avoiding being arrested, you know, so they have to be really quick. Yeah, that's true. Necessity is uh, something that will bring that out. If, it, if being an illustrator was illegal, I'd be a lot faster nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> Which would be a great thing. That's very true. Uh, so you had so the show, was it I, Frankenstein? Your show with mm-hmm. posters? How was that go as well as you hoped? It, it went really well, yeah. Mm. Another thing I didn't think I could do, and it was a 2,500 square foot gallery, which is huge, and I thought, how the hell am I going to fill a gallery like that? Mm. But it did 22 paintings and it was perfect. You know, they, they, they fit in and they were huge. I got a big crowd in, got some good drink sponsors. Um, yeah. We had a good party and sold most of it as well. Fantastic. And then most of the money, I put in most of the money up front. So which may, mean, meant I meant most of the money back so I kind of evened out and broke even on that show Brilliant. which is pretty good for a um, I mean I've had solo shows before but it was my first solo in LA mm. uh, and I learnt a hell of a lot from it I'm about to start a whole new body of work for the show in London in October I've got so many ideas I really want to get them down I've been working on a, that Coke campaign and doing the TED talk and stuff and I haven't had a chance to get down to it yet Brilliant. I'll be looking forward to that. Yeah. How long is it going to be on for? Only two weeks, mm. which I think is pretty standard. Yeah. That'll be good. I'll look out for that. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, last bit. And I can't remember how you answered this question before, but I, I have a section at the end called The Shark in the Tank, and I ask people for a, a love and a hate or a positive and a negative, very loosely within the realm of creativity. The rose and the thorn. Yeah. <laughs> it's always uh, in the realm of creativity very loosely I've had some, you know very simple answers very complex answers very funny answers very serious answers it really, it's really anything you want it to be but uh... um, well someone said to me recently that being an artist is probably the most stupid thing you can be in life it's the most ridiculous career to take uh, I'm many times I would agree with that statement and the world doesn't need another artist I don't think or mediocre artist anyway <laughs> it, 
it's extremely hard work and there's a lot of sacrifices, which is not necessarily a bad thing. And you've got to really have a lot of stamina. And there's no, the, the, the self-doubt that you have to go through being an artist is a pain. But again, that makes you get better. Learning from the failures, I mean, there's going to be many moments of failure that you're going to learn from as well, as we discussed earlier. But when you get in the zone and you block out anything else in the world and you're just completely connected, eyes, head, hand and, and canvas, <clears throat> that was my, something in my throat, I wasn't going to cry then, <laughs> over emotional. Um, <clears throat> It, that's the most amazing thing there is, isn't it? Yeah. Apart from having a baby, <laughs> or what you know, or you know, having a kid when they're being really good, um, <laughs> there's nothing better than getting in the zone. Yeah. And then having to, you know, then having the balls to actually put your work up on a wall and invite people to have a look at it. That's pretty. That's pretty like, um, you know that that's a pretty nervy thing to do. And when you can tell someone's not being polite, but someone actually really likes your work, that's a pretty amazing experience. Mm. Yeah. But mainly the zone is the rose, and the thorn is not having much money and working long hours. Yeah. And people telling you your shit, but it hasn't happened that much. <laughs> but... Um, I got to a level now with my career that things are really working out well. You know, mm. I was afraid when I left Rockstar that my whole life would just crumble under my uh, my um, inability to do any do any work properly. But um, it's all working out really well. Brilliant! I'm glad to hear it. I think it's a great example of uh, having the balls to, you know step out of the comfort zone as well I'm yeah. a big advocate of it and I think it's great to see it's a lot more life's a lot more exciting now I have to say mm. yeah there's a certain thrill to steering your own ship isn't it yeah um, is that enough negativity versus positivity that's fantastic yeah great answer yeah lots to lots, lots of both yeah. <laughs> what I could do with is a lot more art groupies though yeah that would be <laughs> that would be Number two to being in the zone, having a a uh, you know a few art groupies. I'm sure they'll come looking at the work on your wall now. Well, they better hurry up because it's been three years. <laughs> uh, where can people find out your work? Was the best place to go and stay abreast of all that you're doing? StephenBliss.com, Stephen with a PH. Nice and easy. Or Instagram is Stephen underscore Bliss. What else? The show in London. That's it, I think. You can put my name in Google. Bob's your uncle. Fantastic. Well, that's wonderful. Cheers for your time, Stephen. You're welcome. Pleasure. That's great. Yeah, as ever. Thank you ever so much to Stephen for taking the time to sit down and talk with me in Brooklyn, New York, about where we're going with his career at this moment in time. I can tell you, having been around there and seeing his workspace and seeing some of the works in progress and the finished pieces, it's 
really exciting. Like he's really hitting new strengths, and and it's great to see someone flourishing creatively, having been uh, so recognised for his work on the Grand Theft Auto series. It's very inspiring to see someone having the balls to take that leap and go and pursue the things that you want to do instead of resting on laurels. We all know how easy it is to uh, to do that in this industry, especially when we're freelance and we've got bills to pay and all that stuff, and we've got something that's providing good money. So fair play to Stephen. Uh, go and check out his, his website. It's absolutely tremendous. You can see the whole range of all his Grand Theft Auto stuff and all the new things he's doing. Go and look in his personal section for all the poster work. Very, very exciting stuff. Let me know what you thought of the show on uh, Twitter at Arrest All Mimics. Go and follow Stephen. I'm going to put all the links up in the show notes for this uh, this episode as ever. So you can go and find him very easily, very quickly. Uh, it's wonderful stuff. Like I said, the number's growing all the time. The support is great for the show. Please keep it coming. If you get time, please do go and drop us a little review on the iTunes. That really helps gather new listeners and support what I'm doing. Thanks again to the sponsors, illustrationweb.com, heartsinternet.co.uk and printed.com. Um, cheers to the AOI as well for the extra support. Um, next week, we've got the wonderful Lucinda Rogers, one of my early inspirations when I was at university, who showed me that it wasn't such a bad thing to be organic and really loosen up in a style. So we're going to talk about her fantastic reportage illustration. She's a great character and her work is tremendous, so that's a really good one to look forward to. Cheers again, Stephen Bliss. Thanks for listening, guys. Looking forward to hearing from you all soon. Nice one. Take care. See you later. Thank you.